There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 75 of the Digital Freemason Podcast for the week of January 28th, 2008. I'm your host, Scott, and again, I'll be taking along on my excellent adventures through the world of short Masonic educational papers. So this week, I'm a little late getting it out. I um, had an interesting situation where uh, the family and I went out for a out-of-town for the weekend just to sort of break out the holiday blues, and was informed by my wife that my son and I, eight-year-old son and I, had to uh, have a technology-free weekend. So he and I had to leave all of our iPods and Game Boys and all that stuff at home, and uh, we were jonesing, to say the least, for technology, so I never had, didn't get a chance to get every, anything together for uh, an episode ahead of time like I used like to, but here it is Monday evening, I'm just trying to squirt something out quick. So I am sicker than a dog, I don't know whether that was because of uh, going through the withdrawals of technology or whether that just has to do with it being uh, minus 45 with the wind chill and uh, getting colder here in Calgary right now. So anyway, I'm going to get on with this piece and get it done, hopefully before my voice uh, craters. And this piece comes from uh, Worshipful Brother Cox, um, who's um, past master of Kent Lodge 2824 in London, England, and talked about the symbolic meaning of the apron. So I'll just quickly jump into it here. And uh, as I say, hopefully my voice will survive, and hopefully I've gotten around the technical technological issues of the crackling that happened on the last episode. I apologize for that. So, anyway, here is Worshipful Brother Cox's piece on symbolic meaning of the apron. The first striking thing concerning the apron is that in all three degrees it is conferred by the senior warden and not by the master. That is because symbolically the master represents the spirit of man and the senior warden the soul. It is the soul which registers the spiritual advance of a man and is the link between body and spirit. Therefore, the outward sign of the spiritual progress made by the initiate is conferred by that officer who represents the soul. The badge itself is full of symbolic meaning, and although in its present form it is comparatively recent origin, it is evident that those who designed it had a deep knowledge of symbolism. In the early part of the 18th century, the aprons were similar to those still occasionally to be seen in use among operative masons. They came up and over the chest and reached down to the knees. They were made of ox hide and were hardly shaped at all. The head of the ox served for that part which covered the chest, and the rest of the hide being merely trimmed at the legs and tail. In the early part of the 18th century, some brethren began to decorate their aprons with such suitable designs, such as an arch, two pillars, and so on. At first there was no attempt at a uniform pattern, each member being a law unto himself, but as time went on certain designs became popular and were copied by numbers of masons. Towards the end of the 18th century, scenes from Masonic legends and other details of the ceremony were painted onto the aprons. Soon after the union of the ancient and moderns in 1813, the present form of the apron was fixed. In an endeavor to interrupt the meaning or to interpret the meaning of the symbolism displayed, it may be mentioned that light blue of the craft is the same as that used by the Parliament when it fought King Charles. 
It is also probable that the designers were influenced by the existence of certain orders of knighthood, which had their appropriate colors for the aprons of Grand Lodge officers, are that of the garter blue, the color used by King Charles during the Civil War. But the light blue of the craft has a far deeper significance than that, being closely related to the color associated with the Virgin Mary, which itself has been brought forward from the mother goodness goddesses of the ancient world. The red aprons of the Grand Stewards, for which there are historical reasons, symbolically denote sacrifice. Originally, red denoted blood or fire, and blood stirred for sacrifice. With regard to the dark blue aprons of the Grand Lodge, this color was associated with a royalist cause of old, and today conveys the idea of rulership and of the masculine element, whereas the light blue of the craft represents the female or passive aspect, and is most appropriate for the ordinary master mason, who duty is, it is to obey and not to command. Indeed, the master mason's apron bears an emblems of this female aspect, namely the three rosettes which symbolize the rose. They are arranged so as to form a triangle, interpenetrating the triangle formed by the flap of the apron. Both of these triangles deserve careful study. The lower, with its point upwards, is a triangle of fire or the symbol of the, the divine spark. The other, formed by the flap of the apron, which with its painted or point directed downwards, is a triangle of water and thus representative of the soul. Both of these triangles are within the square, the emblem of the matter, and therefore of the body. Thus, we see the Master, Master Mason's apron represents the threefold nature of man. Viewed from another angle, the Master Mason's apron has a second set of meanings. The triangle represents spirit, and the square, matter. The flap of the apron forms a triangle entering the square, and so depicts the entry of the spirit into matter, and therefore man. The entered apprentice's apron should be worn with flap turned up, the point directed towards the head, indicating that the divine wisdom has not yet been completely penetrating, penetrated the gross matter of our bodies. Unfortunately, this custom has died out in many lodges. The fellow craft's apron is worn with the flap turned up, down for several reasons. To indicate that wisdom has begun to enter, and therefore control matter to represent the triangle of water and thus show the body and soul are acting in unison and because the triangle is the emblem of vishnu the preserver and so emphasizes the fact that the aspect of god disclosed in second degree is that representative of the aspect of gatu on the other hand the three rosettes on the master mason's apron form a second triangle to teach us of the unison of body and spirit. Turning back to the fellow craft's apron, we may ask, what of the two rosettes? They stress the dual nature of man and have clear reference to the two pillars. They show that the fellow craft is not complete and united by being. Body and soul are in unison, but not yet in complete accord with the spirit. Thus, there is a striking correspondence between the knocks of the fellow craft and the two rosettes, for they teach precisely the same lesson. The triangle is incomplete, showing that the fellow craft does not yet take a complete mason, and thus corresponds to the position of the compasses when taking the obligation of the second degree. In the distant past, the aprons were not present, were not only 
not our present symbolic tassels, and, incidentally, were fastened round the body by means of strings, as the entered apprentice and fellowcraft aprons are today. In passing, it is of an interesting note that the aprons worn by the grand officers of the year, in contradiction to those worn by the past grand officers, have no tassels at all. But reverting to the strings, it is of course a time that they were ornated with tassels, but when the present form of the apron was fixed, those tassels were separated from fastening bands and placed on the front of the apron, eventually becoming mere strips of ribbon to each where attached seven chains. The number seven was chosen deliberately and has symbolic meaning. It consists of three representing spirit and four representing matter. Therefore, God and man, and likewise all creation, which is a compound of spirit and matter. It is also probable that there is a strip of ribbon that has some history of their own. For at one time the two pillars were depicted on many aprons, and even had their names painted on them. Therefore, it is probable that these strips of ribbon are the last traces of that old decoration. The modern method of fastening the apron by means of a hook and eye is interesting. The snake is one of the oldest and most venerated of symbols. It is perhaps the, most, perhaps the most deadly and the most feared of all the enemies of primitive man, and so stands as a power of evil. Yet it is also regarded as the wisest of all creatures, and thus represents divine wisdom. Both aspects are depicted in the volume of the sacred law. The evil aspect is shown in the story of the fall, while the divine wisdom is clearly referred to in the phrase, Be wise, be ye wise as serpents. But symbolically, the serpent fastening our aprons indicates that we are encircled by holy wisdom. The serpent biting its tail, and thus forming a circle, has always been regarded as an emblem of eternity, and therefore of eternal wisdom of God. Apart from its operative use, the apron also has been used in connection with a religious ceremony. On the monuments of Egypt, a garment which can best be described as a triangular apron points upwards and is depicted by circumstances which clearly indicate that the wearer is taking part in some ceremony of initiation. In ancient Mexico, the gods are depicted wearing aprons, some of which bear a striking resemblance to our modern craft apron. Indeed, the apron is the most ancient and most primitive garment in the world, and is the first to have evolved from the lowest type of savage. The statement in the Old Testament that Adam and Eve made themselves aprons of leaves is testimony to the earliest form of the clothing. Thus, we see that the apron, as the human race developed, assumed a sacred and religious character. Religion constantly uses the garments of the past for the ceremonial robes of its priests and the regalia of the initiate. To this day, in certain parts of Africa, the boy, on being initiated in their primitive rites, is solemnly invested with an apron of leaves. Our aprons have behind them a great antiquity and would be most appropriate regalia, even if it were not further adorned by all the symbolic embellishments that they have. So there's Worshipful Brother Cox's piece on uh, some of the symbology of, uh, of the apron. It's nice that it deals with the first, second, and third degree and gives a little bit of a sort of a description as to what the differences are between the two. So, as I promised, I'd try and get this uh, done and out of the way as quick as I can here. I feel my voice starting to crater on me here. So, 
until next time, hopefully next week, I'm, uh, I've been your host, Scott, and I've enjoyed our uh, time together. If you have any thoughts or comments on this or any other of the topics, swing by the website, uh, www.thedigitalfreemason.com, or you can email me at podcast at thedigitalfreemason.com. Uh, last episode, I had asked uh, if there was anyone out there who had some uh, some sort of skill in putting together a new logo for the for the podcast, and I had a couple offers come in, and uh, one of them was uh, was a guest entry on the website, but uh, didn't get an email address. They'd asked me to email them with some ideas, but I don't have your email. So, and other people saying that they like the podcast uh, logo. So we'll see if we can stir things up a little bit. To, and uh, get moving on that. So until next time, yeah, keep the shiny side up.